This is Abnormal Entertainment. Do you get angry? Frustrated? Feel like you want to punch somebody in the dick? Me too. My name's Kevin Moyers, and I hate everything. Yeah, that's right, everything. Listen to me every Saturday on Abnormal Entertainment. Bitch, complain, moan, say the things that you can't say for yourselves. Just show up, stew with me a little bit, and get all the aggravation out. Kevin hates everything every Saturday at abnormalentertainment.com. Baby, here I am again, kicking dust in the candy wind, waiting for that sun to go down. Made it up Mulholland Drive, hell bent on getting high, high above the lights of town. You and tequila make me crazy I like poison in my blood Hello everybody, this is Daniel and this is Put It Together. For the next hour, I hope you'll join me as we try to take everything that would possibly be negative in our lives, change it to positive and put it all together. Um... This week, I want to talk a little bit about um, something that happened this week. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, as we talked in other, as I talked in other episodes, and you'll excuse me for just a second. Um, um, whenever you know, I I, uh, I started drinking very young. I was I started drinking when I was about fifteen years old, I think. Probably before then. I probably had my first drink way before then. But I officially remember being 15 and having that first beer with some cousins and uh, at a party and really, really enjoying how it made me feel and how it uh, helped me uh, expand and, and, and feel so free and liberating. And uh, so I'm going to talk a little bit about, about that and, and the consequences of my actions uh, and how it affected the rest of my life. But uh, before we get into that, I want to thank uh, Cam and Kevin, my bosses. Uh, thank you for allowing me to come back one more week and uh, bring another episode of Put It Together to you guys. I want to thank all the listeners for uh, for following me. It's because of you guys that I've been able to keep a, a good rating, and thank you for that. You guys have allowed, helped me keep my job one more week. I want to congratulate um, all the other, uh, all my fellow, all my brothers here at Abnormal Entertainment. Uh, there's some really awesome shows. I really, really uh, thank you for listening to my show, but I invite you to go on to abnormalentertainment.com and uh, listen to some of the other shows. I'm going to give you a quick rundown of the shows that we have on our lineup. So you can start um, the, the some of the daily ones are Cinema Head Cheese and uh, where is it? Uh, the Grim Facts. Those are uh, those are daily, so you can find a little bit of those every day. And then starting on, uh, uh, and actually, Cinema Head Cheese is a blog, so you can go read that. And then uh, the Rain Facts is every every day. You can listen to that. And some of the other podcasts are on Sundays. We've got the Atomic Fallout Society. On Mondays, we got the Future of Man. On Tuesdays, we got we have do actually have the podcast Cinema Head Cheese the podcast. Not to be confused with the daily blog. Um, on Wednesdays, I've got uh, my brothers over at BS Carnival. Go listen to these guys. They're, they are awesome. They're awesome. Uh, they're so funny. And then you can hear me on Wednesdays. Uh, on Thursdays, Raise Your Spirits with Kevin Kevin. On Fridays, we've got On the Way Down with my dear friend Matt Grenier. Um, also on Fridays, Unprotected Sports with Tony and the Lion. On Saturday, Kevin Hates Everything. Uh, Saturday, also you can hear Success the Podcast, that's with Cam. And then um, those are it, but um, we've got more shows coming on. Uh, Hilarious, almost all, I mean, not almost all of them. They're all funny, they're all hilarious. I listen to, uh, I listen to most of them, I'll be honest. Um, I'm not a big sports 
fanatic, but if you are into sports, definitely check out the guys over at uh, Unprotected Sports. I've listened to a couple, a little bit of their show, and I really, really do enjoy what I listen to. They're really great. They know their stuff. So make sure you go listen to them. I want to thank and uh, uh, our sponsors, Adam and Eve. So if you can go over to their page over at adamandeve.com, America's most trusted source for adult products. Uh, check them out. Adam and Eve, it's Adam and Eve Sex Toys and Adult Products for Men, Women, and for couples. So it's not just for, you know, there's all kinds of stuff in there. I, I still want to shout out the message to uh, over the folks at Adam and Eve. Uh, I have seen some of the uh, accessories for men's toys and uh, let me just say I'm pretty interested in a couple of the products. Uh, a little 8 inch Whopper dong would not hurt. It's the 8 inch All American Whopper dong and uh, sounds pretty, especially for a, a single man. Uh, my birthday passed. If you guys uh, feel a little uh, giving and generous, uh, that would be a great thing for a lonely man like me. <laughs> I actually am blushing as I'm saying that. But go check it out. So there's always there's also the six and a half all American dong in two colors, um, flesh and brown. So uh, if you're feeling a little risque, there's some really great stuff. And there's there's even a clearance section. So you can go over to the clearance section and find some of the stuff that they have on sale. Uh, some of the videos, uh, you know, I'm, I'm as, even as a gay man, I'm, I, I enjoy some straight porn once in a while. Uh, yes, I watch porn. Um, I'm a single man. Leave me alone. But uh, go to their clan section. They've got a lot of stuff in their cart. Uh, you can put uh, to your cart um, some uh, fun stuff. They've got some videos. They've got. Uh, lubes and vibrators uh there seems to be a lot of oh there we go I, I wasn't sure if i would see any uh gay videos but i do i do see one uh gay video here black on boys well let's take a quick view at that while we're here how about that guys um oh because they give you a suggestion you once you click on one video it says you may also need uh Jelly chocolate dream vibrator. Who doesn't need that? I, I, I'll take it. Um, and this is Black on Boys 1, so it's starting Mr. Republic. I'm going to guess Mr. Republic is the black guy. Um, but, oh, okay, it says, Follow the interracial antics of well-hung ebony love god Mr. Republic when he says it's a beautiful day for white ass. He picks up Austin at a bus stop, then bops his pale pucker until the boy empties it. Okay. Um, so much for that reading. Um, I don't think that's where I want to go today. But uh, anyway, go over to Adam and Eve Sex Toys and uh, check them out. They've got actually anything and everything you might want for adult entertainment. Again, Adam and Eve, America's most trusted source for adult products. And uh, they've got 100% secure shopping, an 800 number, customer service 24 hours. So check them out, and thank you, Adam and Eve, for being our sponsors. We welcome you to the Abnormal Entertainment family. Um, so you heard a little bit about that song at the beginning. Um, you and Tequila... What was it? You and Tequila makes me happy. Um, you know, um, again, I'm not completely proud of my drinking career. I don't... Uh, I, I don't think I was at my best when I was drinking. I think that uh, I missed out on a lot of life while I was uh, an alcoholic or while I, while I was in, in my alcoholism. Um, made a lot of mistakes. I, I caught up in a lot of, a lot of bad things. I, I'm so fortunate. I'm one of the lucky ones that never uh, had a DUI. Um, but uh, I, I was very fortunate I never got caught. Um, they, you know, there were situations when I was driving home from the bars drunk, and, uh, it, oh, sorry, I left my phone on, as you can hear, um, but 
I never got caught, so I'm one of the fortunate ones that, that always got away with drinking and driving. And not that I'm proud of that, not that I condone it. Um, I um, I also did a lot of stuff. I don't know how to get to this. Okay, here's what happened. And uh, I also do promotional jobs on the side. And um, uh, this week, this last week, I applied for a job and... I almost, I was almost sure. I, I thought I'd had it. Uh, I didn't, wasn't aware of the background check. I signed a paper and I didn't realize it. Um, and um, they read a background check. And unfortunately, something from my past came back. And I didn't know that it was still out in that in that way. It was out. It was supposed to be cleared. And here's what happened. I'm going to come honest. I came honest on, on uh, morning tea. But I'm going to tell you guys the story so that if you're out there and you are, um, if you're out there and you're drinking and um, you're not sure where things can take you or what kind of consequences alcoholism can have on you and the actions, I'm going to tell you my short story I'm going to share with you and uh, maybe it'll help you out somehow. Well, it turns out that I worked for a, excuse me, I just burped on the air. I worked for a nonprofit agency back in Houston. And uh, my, uh, we were not going to be funded and we were going to go under. And um, we all had these laptops. And according to my understanding, and of course, this is my side of the story. If you talk to the person, other person involved, you could hear a different version. But my version is this, and this is my truth. And, um... We were supposed to keep these laptops at the end of, the, of, of work after the company sh shut down. And I was offered a job at another company and I went to work for them two days early before the company closed. So I took my laptop and I decided that, again, it's not an excuse and it's not uh, anything but what at the moment was my reality. I figured, well, I might as well I'll just take my laptop. I, I was PR and... and uh, I was a PR person and I was the event coordinator and I thought, you know, I I will take it. I will take it for me. And uh, so I did. And at that time, again, my boss had been fired because we, there wasn't enough money to pay and the board of directors took over. And I, as far as I can remember, we didn't have a really good or amicable relationship. We, we just didn't get quite get along. And um, so he called me and let me know that I needed to return this laptop. And of course, I was pissed off at him because how dare you? And I, at, there were several phone conversations, and at one point I did tell him, you know, go fuck yourself, good luck getting it back, and uh, he's like, I'm going to press charges, and so he ended up pressing charges, and I, I was getting phone calls from, after he pressed charges, I was getting phone calls from the detectives trying to investigate what was going on, and I, I ignored them, I didn't want to deal with it, and eventually a warrant was set out for my arrest, which I was not aware of. And one night, I was, uh, actually, the true story is one night, uh, the night that I was arrested, I was out selling, God, I forget what I was selling, a, a, a vacuum cleaner, I was pawning a vacuum cleaner or something like that, um, and I got like 20 bucks for it, and I was going to use those 20 bucks to go out for drinks that night, so I was pretty much at home trying to get ready to go out, um, and... I was all dressed up. I had one of my cute shirts on and my jeans and my boots. And um, the police knocked on my door, and my apartment was surrounded. And they they arrested me, and I was uh, handcuffed and taken to jail. Mind you, I, I I wasn't I was aware of what was going on and why I was getting arrested. And the laptop was sitting right there in the living room when they passed by. Um, fortunately enough, they didn't go all all through the house because they would have found the crack that I had in the bathroom. Anyway, that said. Um, I, was, I ended up in jail for about four days and uh, oddly enough I'll, I'll throw this story in there oddly enough while I was in jail there was a, uh, a pimp that, uh, that hustled uh, some of the boys in the neighborhood because I lived in for anybody who lives in Houston I lived in Montrose and uh, one of the pimps that used to hustle some of the kids there uh, was actually in my jail and uh, he recognized me because I used to walk up and down the street to go to the bars and he kind of took care of me there in there uh, I, I never nothing ever happened to me 
not that I didn't want it to. I'll confess that it was, well, yeah, come on. I mean, as long as you're in jail, who hasn't seen those pornos? But uh, there was, I, I have to admit, there was some action going on in the jailhouse. I, I never participated, but there was some action going on, and there was definitely a hierarchy in there. And, um, um, which I have to say, I, I met some really cool people in jail, and uh, I have not kept in touch with any of them, but I did meet some cool people, and I learned how to make some really good ramen noodles and cafe con leche. So I got out of jail. I ended up in probation. Um, it, I was charged as a felony, but the mistake that the person that charged me made was that it was he put a, a price of $15,000 on a laptop, which was ridiculous. The laptop was worth $15,000 at that time. And uh, the judge recognized it, and uh, she was like, that's ridiculous. So they reduced it down to like four ninety nine, which was just under a misdemeanor. And um, that helped me because it went from a, a felony to a misdemeanor. And that's when I ended up in probation. And I ended up going to probation, failing my UAs because I was getting high. And, and, and we'll leave that part for another story. And that's how I ended up being uh, put in the situation to either go to jail or go to rehab. And that's when I chose rehab. So I ended up going to rehab June 21st, 2007 get my three months and with that everything was supposed to be taken care of there was no more record um, they would dismiss everything because I had complied complied with the courts so 2007 up to now I live under the impression that everything is taken care of everything is okay I don't need to worry about anything um, and then I applied for this job and they call me and say hey there's a felony on your record. Um, we can't give you this job. Well, I was crushed. Uh, it, it really tore my ego. Um, I, I was in LA and the, the, all, any paperwork I have would be here, so I couldn't get to it. And um, it really did bust my ego. And I have to admit, this was last Wednesday. I'm recording this on a Thursday. Um, it is. Thursday 20 I'm sorry Tuesday Tuesday 21st today is Tuesday the 21st so you'll get this episode tomorrow Wednesday um, and this happened last Wednesday on the uh, on the 16th on the 15th and um, it's taken me this whole this whole time I've been wrapped I've, I've been so depressed and so under the weather and unfortunately I didn't have a therapy session this week uh, because I had it on Mondays and it's President's Day and the office was closed. So I, I wasn't going to be able to, to go until, I'm not going to be able to go until next Monday. So it really knocked me down and it made me feel really inadequate and stupid and useless. Um, I felt like everything that I have worked for has gone down. I feel like uh, all my reputation and hard work and, and, and what I've built for myself was like torn down with a piece of paper and by this one person. Um, I apologized to the lady that brought me into the company and let her know what the situation was. She sent me a really nice response saying, you know, I she appreciated and was humbled by my uh, answers. And, um, excuse me, I'm burping here on the air, but um, I think I'm getting choked up. That's what it is. It's one of those things where you you don't know um, you don't know when things are going to um, come back and haunt you, and and unfortunately, um, that's one of the things that they tell you in AA is. And I'm gonna I'm gonna find the the exact quote. Okay, so I was uh, making doing some research on it, and um, actually in AA it's on step nine, which says. We may direct amends to such people whenever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Step nine is where we start to clean up the wreckage of our past. We are actually going to sit down with people we have harmed and make our, make our amends to them. More often than not, this will involve actions other than just mere words. Most of us spend our life during our active addictions apologizing to others for our actions. Um, that's the part that got me the wreckage of a past because it will um, 
tiny bits of it will start to creep back and and remind us of of where we were and what we did and 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 I have to admit this this last week definitely reminded me of where I came from and and what I did with my life and <clears throat> I for the first time was ashamed and embarrassed and um felt un I don't know if that makes any sense. I felt un, you know. Sometimes I feel part of, and and for the first time in a long time, I felt un, just un, unsure, unloved, uncared, unwanted. Um, anything, any un you can put in at the beginning of a word. That was me this week, and um, it was not. It was not pretty. Um, I, I felt. And I still feel today, and um, I'm starting a new adventure today. I'm, I'm going to go help out at the Chakra Shack, which uh, I want to thank the ladies over at the Chakra Shack for giving me a chance to come in and, and help them out. Um, and I think I, I need this time to um, feel better, to reconnect somehow. Um, again, I, I don't... <sighs> I don't know. I don't know. I'm 20 minutes in and my brain is, is, is still fried. I don't know where to take it from here. So I'm going to do this. I'm going to leave this recording at 20 minutes and then I'm going to get in the shower and go to work and then I'm going to come back later this afternoon and finish and I'll tell you guys what worked and what I did to snap out of it if I snap out of it. Because I think that would be the best way to handle this today, is, is not to sit here and, and mope through it, because otherwise I'm not putting anything together for you guys, and I'm not helping you in any way. So that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to jump in the shower right now and, and go and do some research. And then I'm going to come back, and hopefully in the next 40 minutes, I'll help. If you're listening out there, I'm going to help you put it together, and however I did it, so we can snap out of this. Okay, I'll talk to you guys soon. Okay, guys, so after the first 20 minutes, I left you guys earlier because I was feeling kind of awful. Um, I told you the story, and I was feeling pretty crappy. Well, I ended up going over to the Shocker Shack. I, I wanted to invite you guys over to the Shocker Shack here in Laguna Beach. Um, it's where I do, uh, where I get a lot of my, actually all of my stuff, crystals, I get my cards, uh, my aura, I get candles, so Shaka uh, Shack here in Laguna Beach, uh, I'll give you the address in just a minute, come and check it out, my friend Michelle works there, and actually I'm going to be the weekend guy from now on, I just got a part-time job with them, I was training and that's why I, I, I paused this, so I could go train and uh, kind of get healed a little bit, I was feeling kind of off, well I figured out what was going on with me, and uh, I'm going to, I feel stupid enough and I'm going to share it with you guys. I went to my therapist this last Monday, and he wanted to see all the pills that I was on. And at some point, I was on anti-anxiety um, pills, and I forgot to take them out of my medicine bag. So I had run out out of another pill, and just grabbed the little uh, bottle. So for the last week, about I've been taking anxiety pills, which I don't need anxiety pills. So it was basically like I was smoking a joint all day every day for about a week now and uh, I'm not a pot smoker but basically I was comatose I did not want to get out of bed I spent the whole weekend on the floor I didn't shower Saturday I had no energy yes I'm confessing I didn't shower and then uh, finally on Sunday I showered only because a friend was on the phone and it made me feel guilty for some reason I, I, I know you can't smell me over the phone but I figured I probably stunk or something anyway so I went over and um, I was able to get a couple of little stones and uh, throw them in and hold them, out, hold them around and and um, I I started to feel better. It's really cool. And then while I was there, my, my friend Michelle, who's the manager there at the Shaka Shack, um, I needed a guest for today and I conned her. And actually, I wasn't that difficult to con her. She's sitting right next to me as we're speaking now. Um, I invited her to come back because I was telling you guys the story about... Uh, my alcoholism and how it got me in trouble and how I'm 
the uh, wreckage of my past has come back to haunt me. And as I was talking to her, um, I figured she had some cool stories that she could share with you guys. And that way you can see if you have a problem, if you right now you're dealing with alcoholism and you're caught in there. Um, this is we're not trying to show you the ugly side of recovery, but just like everything in life, there's a pro and there's a con, and you just have to put it together and see how it works for you. Um, recovery is a great thing. I would rather we say in recovery to uh, a, a bad day sober is better than uh, the best, the day, best day, day drunk. drunk yes. Uh, and so I'm going to go ahead and include Michelle in, in the conversation, and we're going to finish off the rest of the hour chatting with her. Michelle, hi. Hello. How are you doing? I'm great. It's amazing as always. <laughs> cool. So um, you are the manager at the Shaka Shack. Yes, I am. And you've been there for? Um, I've been there about three years, but I took over as manager about a year and a half ago. Cool. And so I'm going to talk about sobriety. Absolutely. You've been clean and sober now? Uh, just over five years. Five years. And uh, your story includes drugs and alcohol? Drugs and alcohol, yes. Cool. And... What was your sobriety date just for? December 2nd, 2006. Cool. And how long were you involved in drugs? Well, let's talk about alcohol. That's about the show. Uh, it all began and ended with alcohol. There was a lot of drugs in between. How old were you when you first started drinking? Seven years old. Wow. How'd... Seven years old. Um, I don't want to offend anybody. I'm not sure if I will, but I, um, I was molested by my grandfather. Um, starting at seven and he used to encourage me to drink and uh, that went on for about eight years so by the time I was eight or nine I really kind of depended on the alcohol to stay numb you know to get through the uh, the the you know the rough times you know and so I didn't have to feel so I really kind of depended on alcohol but I was also introduced to pot at that age too well so I'm sure being around alcohol or being drunk most of the time. Uh, there are a lot of mishaps, a lot of mistakes. Oh, absolutely. I mean, absolutely. I think I think one of my bigger mistakes, as I feel, is that I dropped out of school. I have an eighth grade education. You know, I think that was one of my biggest mistakes. And also, um, trying to raise two kids thinking you're hiding your alcoholism, you know, and, and they see everything. Right. You're, you're like a window, you know, when you think you're behind a brick wall. In a sense, you know, I was very functioning. I've I've raised two kids by myself. I, um, you know, I was I was a functioning alcoholic, and I then, you know, was a, had a point four four alcohol level and got into a bad motorcycle accident, and then uh, got highly addicted to pain medications. So you didn't really. It wasn't until after your accident that the, the drugs kicked well, in. Well, no, I was I was fully addicted to cocaine by the time I was twelve. Oh wow! Yeah, and then then quickly learned about crank and, and meth. And I was highly addicted to that for about six years. I actually got sober off of that when I was 18. I stayed sober for two years. Well, let's say dry. There's a difference between sober and dry. Right. I was dry for about two years, and then um, and then I took one hit of pot, and I was on a mission for 17 and a half years. Wow. With plenty of drugs and alcohol. And now, since I'm talking about... I, I told them the story about the wreckage of a passing house oh, last week. It kind of came back to haunt me. Mm -hmm. Has there been something that has come back to bite you in the ass per se? Well, you know, I I was a highly functionable alcoholic, but I think what came back to bite me in the ass is I didn't know the difference between love and sex. Okay. You see, where I, I've been married three times, twice to the same person, and I felt, for me, that sex was love, and I think this is something I would have learned a long, long time ago had I not been altered. Huh. You see? The now, if I could throw this in there just a little bit, your your two kids are older now. Yeah, eighteen and twenty. Um, how do, you, how does it, does this affect them somehow? Oh, absolutely. I know that um, when my daughter was thirteen, and my son was fifteen, I fell into a coma, and my um, daughter found me after three days of being in a coma. Oh wow! And it really devastated her. And to this day, she's eighteen, and it still, you know, freaks her out. She she. Is oh if I'm having a bad day, which isn't very often anymore, mind you, I've found a whole other way of life that right. just fulfills every aspect of my life. But when I do have a bad day, she worries that I'm going to go back and drink. And for me, it's not drinking to take the edge off. For me, it's drinking until 
I, I, till the end. You know what I mean? I drink until I get drunk, no matter what. And do you? I don't know. And just, just a question, because I don't have kids, obvious. But is is there a is there a guilt issue as a, as a parent about having introduced or, or being around your kids with drugs? Absolutely, because I I was a. Um, uh, I was after my motorcycle accident. I've had three spinal surgeries, and due to that, I was bedridden for th for two years. And um, I smoked a lot of pot, so I was at home drinking, taking pills, and smoking pot on a daily basis. And when my son came home around 13 and tells me he's smoking pot, and my bright idea that it was a better idea that I, that he smoke it at home, than go smoke in a park with some stranger. I mean, this is my thinking. Right. Under the influence. Under the influence. Under the influence. Well, pot led to alcohol, which led to, he became a full-blown heroin addict. Wow. And he was, that was the most devastating thing I ever had to deal with because I blamed me. Like, he, he didn't know about pills and opiates and all that until he got into my jars. And I didn't know. I was so altered. I didn't know that he was dipping into my stash and um, exploring drugs on his own through me. Right. You see? And so when I found out he became a heroin addict, I was devastated. And by this time, I was sober. Wow. You see what I'm saying? So I'm having to deal with a heroin addict son being sober, thinking I could fix him. But okay. what I... No, you can't. See, <laughs> that, the one thing I realized is that I was enabling him. Giving him a roof over his head, giving him food, giving him a car, and giving him a cell phone. He was a dealer. Wow. And being, living scot-free at home. See, and once I realized that, then I had to make a decision, you know what I mean, to... Um, cut all ties because I loved him not because I didn't but because I loved him I had to I was drug testing randomly drug testing and he failed one too many times and I took my car my cell phone and gave him 24 hours to get out of my house and that was because I loved him so I, I, I know that a lot of kids because I know I did it to my parents like they didn't want me to smoke but they smoked mm -hmm. so I always threw back the the hypocrisy mm -hmm. level like, how Do dare I you say how, how, how dare you tell me not to smoke when you smoke um, I mean, I, I've known you for a while, and, and I, I know you as a mom, but at that time, how does a parent deal with their kids doing something that you did? Mm -hmm. That it's, it's very difficult. It's very difficult because, see, every time I would tell him, I'd try to show him a, a better way, you know what I mean, um, to live life, that he didn't need these things to be able to um, go throughout his day. He would point the finger at me and say, Mom, but who do you think I learned it from? And that's the most devastating thing to hear ever, right. is that your own kid learned how to get high because of you. You see, and I was mom and dad for the most part. They have a great father um, that's more a friend than he is a role model. Okay. I was mom and dad, and I was so strict all the time that I was so out of my mind towards the end. And then when I got sober, I tried to be strict again, and it just didn't work. You see what I'm saying? And then trying to show him an easier, softer way that this you can have a good life. But by then, he was already so addicted to heroin. I don't know about heroin. I know about opiates, and I know it's very similar. And the amount of opiates I was taking, it was very similar to what, what he was doing. But he was shooting up, and that's a whole other ballgame. Wow. You know what I mean? So how did you eventually... Because if I can say, he, he went to therapy. He well, yeah, no, I kicked him out. I, I kicked him out because I couldn't, I couldn't enable any longer. So how does it a parent, tough love. How does a parent get to that point? Oh, um, seeing your kid sick. Um, and knowing that the reason he's going to get his next high is because I'm feeding him and roofing him. So any money that he did gather, and any means that he had to, he was buying drugs with it. So I felt if I took away the roof and the, and the phone and the car that he wouldn't be able to deal because he had no contact and he had no car to go pick it up. I felt that if I took that away, that was going to stop him somewhat because I knew he had to hit his bottom before he could find his way back. So, so I had to hit my bottom. So... We see shows like uh, Intervention, yes. where the parents are, are enabling, and, and one more chance, and we'll do it. As a parent, what suggestion, let's talk about suggestion, not advice, what suggestion would you give a, a parent out there so they can put it together and help their kid? I, I would. The only thing I can suggest um, f f is what works for me, um, is that I continue to try to f make him better fix him but the day I stopped trying to fix him and let him hit his bottom because I couldn't keep making his bottom softer you see what I'm saying okay. his fall soft he had to hit the cement he had to hit rock bottom for him to realize where he was when he kept trying to lean on me and as difficult as it was for me to say no I said no 
unless you want to go to a meeting or you need food or a shower, there's the only reasons I'm going to be here to help you. But if you're asking me for money or anything of the sort, I can't do it because I knew I was enabling him. Too many parents, I feel, enable their kids because they love them. You right. see, they feel that they love them so they're there to help them when in fact they are keeping them sicker longer. Okay. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. Like there, uh, I have an instance just between me and his father, we had the same incident. You know, he, his father felt that he, by rescuing him, that he was helping him because he loved him. When in fact, I told him, I don't love him any less, but you can't rescue him. He needs to hit his bottom. Because he, he you know, and, and it's funny because when you hit bottom, you keep digging. Right. You keep digging. We know that. And the yeah. bottom keeps falling and yeah. it keeps getting deeper and deeper. But he eventually did hit his bottom. And when he was out there on the streets for about a year on his own, and he was living in his car at the time because I uh, gave him his car back because I thought he was sober. For six mm -hmm. months, I gave him that. Give me six months of sobriety, and I'll give you your car, and I'll put it in your name. And I did that, and once then, I had no control. Uh, nor did I want control over the car. But um, he lived in his car for about a year, and then he realized that there was nobody left. See, he couldn't come home to me. His dad finally, after a year or so after, after being on the streets, his dad finally gave up. Grandma gave up. Everybody gave up, so he had nobody else to turn to. So he had to call every every day for about six weeks to a, uh, a recovery. Or it's actually a behavior modification program here in uh, Santa Ana. And he made that phone call every day, and sure enough, he got himself in bed. Cool. And he was able to complete and graduate a six-month program. Excellent. Yes. And we can we say that he's been clean sober now over six months, Over correct? six months. And how does your relationship change Oh my gosh. I went from knowing a 13-year-old boy to a grown man. You see what I'm saying? Seven years I lost. Right. He, he, I, I'm, it's incredible. I talked to him today and I'm talking to an intelligent, bright, amazing young man that I am so blessed to know. Now, he is night and day. Would you, because I talked about it on last week's show about parents sending kids off to college mm -hmm. Or kids growing up and not knowing the effects of drugs and alcohol. Mm. Do, you, do you think, as a parent, that there's something you could have said? Had, let's put it this way. Had you been clean and sober yourself when they were younger, is there something you think you missed on telling them? Absolutely. About drugs and alcohol? It's continuity. Sitting down with them on a weekly basis and having a family conversation. That's what I missed. Keeping in touch and knowing where your kids are at and what they're doing. You see what I'm saying? Because when, as they get older and they become teenagers and they're gone doing this and gone doing that and being a single parent, I was busy a lot. You know, I, I, you lose touch with the communication. You have to keep the communication open with your kids. I have the great communication with my daughter. She's always been open with me about everything so I can guide her. Right. You see what I'm saying? When she comes to me about sex or comes to me about ex wanting to experiment on drugs or do this and that, I can guide her. See, because we, I, she's two years younger than my son. So I was able to, once I realized what my son was getting to, I was able to catch her. You see what okay. I'm saying? She was a bit younger. And keeping that, those communication skills um, open on a regular basis is super, super, super important. So what, what kind of suggestions can we give parents who, who are afraid? Like those people that say, well, if I talk to them about drugs, that'll, give them, that'll put the idea in their head. Mm. Or the same thing with sex or with alcohol. What, what can we tell those parents that are so afraid of bringing up the conversation? Yeah. Well, first, I, I, the only thing I can suggest is that never be afraid to talk to your kid about um, things that are going to come up in their life, especially high school students you know, uh, or young uh, you know, teenagers, mm -hmm. because other people are talking to them about sex. It's other kids. It's, it's their, their peers. They're going to learn about drugs and sex, and, and they need an outlet, somebody to talk to that they can trust. You see what I'm saying? See, I, I, my kids trust me today. They can come to me about anything. And when you're in fear that you can't go to your teacher or your counselor or your parent, then they, they, they tend to experiment. But if they can keep that communication open, it, you're golden. You're golden. Because then you, you know where your kid's at. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I think it would be important here to throw in there that, um, at, at least for me and from what you were just sharing for you too, a lot of times alcohol and drugs come into our lives because of some other issue that happened when we were younger. So if you're out there and you're having problems with alcohol and drugs, um, and, and you feel like there's, you know, you're, it's a day-to-day -day thing and you're blaming it on a day-to-day -day thing, I think it's important to look back on your life and see where something something went wrong, where somebody hurt you, where, where something altered your life. 
and made you choose that direction, um, it's important to, to go back in time and figure out what was the first thing that caused you to drink and get numb and not feel anymore. Uh, it's important to, to really face those demons. Um, because if you go into therapy, if you go into a rehab and you're just trying to deal with stop drinking, then that's where you get into those dry drugs, that's right. isn't it? That's right. You have to deal with the problem. Like, it was funny because that you would say that because just last night I had the conversation with my son. Son, what, what do you think the one traumatic thing was in your life that made you go down this road? And, and, I, and I, probably, I got the most honest answer I've ever heard. He said, Mom, I just like getting high. Right. And, and that's sad, you know what I mean? Because it's like, there is nothing, you can't blame it on anything, you right. know what I mean? It's like, he enjoyed getting high. He liked getting out of self. And there's many reasons why we like to get out of self. And the one the greatest thing I ever did was work the 12 steps of Alcoholics Anonymous because it was, it was able to teach me what I needed to keep and what I needed to get rid of. See, I owned a lot of the behavior that was happening to me as a kid, so I took that with me into my adulthood, and I didn't know how to handle it. I thought it was mine. You see what I'm saying? Where the 12 steps taught me that, you know what, let's clean our closet. Let's get rid of what I don't need to keep and keep what's good and move forward from there. And that's what I was able to do. So I think everybody, I, I, don't, I don't care alcoholic or not, should do the 12 steps of Alcoholics Anonymous. I was it, it absolutely will change your way of thinking, and that's the thing. It's your way of thinking. It's the way you perceive things. Everything's a perception. Yeah. You see, and, and, and if you perceive this as being horrible, or if you can say, hey, what, what's the learning lesson in this? You can actually take the learning lesson and grow and move forward from there. Because I was about to suggest the same thing. I think that whether you are an alcoholic or not, or if you have somebody alcoholic in your life, uh, going to a meeting just to pay attention, get the book and read it. It's really not that long of a book. Uh, 164 pages to be exact. Yeah, 164 pages. And all you have to do, and then the stories in the end are, are awesome. I think that's the first thing I actually read were some of the stories in the back. And, and that's where you find the similarities. And you will figure out, you don't have to be an alcoholic to read the book. It's actually a life book and it'll show you, excuse me, the steps will show you a way to make your life easier. easier. Uh, it, yeah. it does. It truly, truly makes your life easier. Yeah. All these years I was making things so complicated yeah. when in fact it's so simple. Trying to reinvent the wheel when it was already there. Mm -hmm. And and then you have something, if you're a parent, you have something to work with, with your kids. You have a mode of, of conversation. Um, so now that, uh, okay, so now they're at the Soccer Shack, where, which again, I'll be working there on the weekends. So if you're in Laguna Beach on the weekends, come check it out. Um, there's so much stuff there that you can pull from to help. And I think a lot of people don't know that, that you can actually pull from crystals and stones Absolutely. to heal yourself. Absolutely. Do you have some off the top of your head that... Oh, definitely. The, the, the number one healing stone would be an amethyst. And, and that, that's healing in a lot of ways, emotional healing or physical healing. Um, what I'm doing, um, been doing recently is trying to link uh, the 12 steps of Alcoholics Anonymous with crystals. Okay. You see what I'm saying? For every step, there's a crystal. And I was actually looking at the book today. I was going back through it again today. I'd like to, um, you know, link those up because there's so much like for depression. There's stuff that you will go through all the emotions in the 12 steps. You see, and and I think what what was the biggest learning lesson for me was the fourth column of the fourth step. See, I never thought anything was my problem. Do you see? I always thought it was everybody else, and I had a right to be have a resentment. Mm -hmm. And it's funny when you look at your part in something, how it changes your perception on how you treat people in the future. Hmm. And it absolutely changed my whole being. I don't treat people. I treat people how I want to be treated. You know the old saying. Right. Treat somebody else how you want to be treated. Right. Well, there's there's fact to that. Because when you look at your part in, in any situation that may be negative, um, if you look at your part, you see that you're just as at fault as they are. Right. In, in, a, big, in, in a big scheme term here, I mean, you're just as... You have a part in this too, you know, as they say. And if you can look at your part before you go into a situation, I have eliminated a lot of negative situations in my life only because I look at my part before I even go into it. Before I open my mouth, I say, you know what? Let's look at the big picture here. Okay. You know what I mean? And let me, let me take my resentment of what I'm feeling. I can't blame that person for the way I feel. Right. I can only deal with my the way I feel. And the 12 steps of Alcoholics Anonymous truly helps you work through that. So how... Because of, of, of the store where you work, 
How did you put it all together? Okay, for me, how I put it together was funny because when I first got sober, I tried to honestly fill it with guys. You know what I mean? Yeah. I tried to fill it with dating a whole bunch, thinking that was going to fill that void <laughs> from the alcohol and the drugs weren't there anymore. I'm like, boys are going to fill the spot. You Sounds know what logical. I mean? And it didn't work. And then I tried church religion. And that, that also didn't work for me. And and I don't I don't knock anybody that right. that, that, that yeah. works for. More power to you. For me, it didn't work. And let's put that disclaimer there. Yes. We're talking about how it worked for Michelle. You put no it together. You put it together however it works for you. That's right. For me. And then when I found spirituality and um, what I do now at the Shocker Shack, it absolutely filled that void. Okay. It absolutely filled that void. It made sense to me. And what? It's energy for me. Okay, energy. How does the energy work for you? Well, I think for me, with energy, I I can feel energy easily from other people, and I want people to feel my energy because I feel good most of the time. Ninety nine percent of the time, I'm feeling good. You know what I mean? And I, it, it all comes from crystals, and 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 the stones and the, and candles and and it's like whatever you put out there is what you get back. It's a law of attraction for me. Okay. So can we give? Five stones that people can get? Absolutely. Anybody that's struggling right now, I think the five main stones, I would definitely have a hematite. Um, that's actually going to pull negative energy, keep you grounded, and it's going to help you from taking on more negative energy. Okay. And then I would definitely do a, um, a green moss agate or a rose quartz. That's going to keep your heart open to receive and to give love, which is important. Okay. We, we, we tend to forget about that. And then I would definitely go with an amethyst, which is going to be the healing stone. Okay, carnelian is also a very, very good grounding stone, and it keeps you centered. Okay. And then I would say citrine; it keeps you balanced. Okay. Mm -hmm. um, how about other stuff that they can use? Uh, Oils or incense, uh, meditation CDs or books are very, very good. Okay. Is there any particular book that you know that you could recommend? Getting into the vortex. Okay. That's also it's a book and a CD. It's very, very good to learn how to meditate. And are there any particular scents that help? I, you know, it, I think that's an individual preference. Okay. It's really an individual preference. Whatever's going to keep you calm, you know what I mean? Something you uh, are attracted to, obviously, because it kind of keeps you out of self. Okay. Yeah. Now, I know because uh, a lot of people coming detoxing, or if you're trying to get off drugs or alcohol, mm -hmm. and you're going to detox, and you might feel a little off balance. Um, you might not be able to concentrate as much as you want to, and you're going to have a hard time... Uh, People think that for meditation, and that's something that I learned uh, hanging out with you, people think that meditation, you have to sit down quiet and ohm. No. But no, 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 no. guys. You, if, if you can run. You can run. You can do yoga. You can go sit at the beach and listen to the ocean and to the waves coming in and out. You can listen to music. You can play music. You can skateboard. You can, there's a lot of different things you can do to meditate. Now, most people think you need to be in the quiet space and have no sound, no nothing, and you got to be in your head. Well, that's exactly where we don't want to be. Right. <laughs> For some of us, you know what I mean? Some of us don't know how to have that spiritual connection. And sometimes music is spiritual connection for a lot of people. Or skateboarding, that's something you love to do. Yeah. You know what I mean? Art, painting, drawing. These are all meditative states. So, one of my favorites, writing. Writing, that's right. And these are all states of meditation and spirituality. Your connection. Whatever it is that makes you feel comfortable, your connection. With your higher power, whoever that might be. So, one difficult question here. Because yeah. I've... I still go through it myself. I still feel guilty for a lot of stuff. Yeah, okay. So if, if we, this is my little motto. If you keep one foot in yesterday, worrying about everything you've done, and you're worrying about what society has to hold in your future, guess what? You have one leg in yesterday and one foot in tomorrow, you're pissing all over today. Ha! <laughs> That's a right? good one. Can you say that again? That's a so you put one foot in yesterday, you're worried about what you've done, which is, it's out of your control at this point. You have one foot in tomorrow worrying about what the future holds and you're pissing all over today. So you have to stay in the moment. Enjoy today. Enjoy today. It's so important to stay in the moment. Too many people are worried about what's coming when really they're not focused on what they have right in front of them. True. And it's so important. It's so important to be humble, appreciate what you have, thank God every single day for your blessings that you have in your life, and enjoy the moment. Cool. I like that. So, and... and one more thing that you do that I really find cool is the, the giving back to your body. Absolutely. How, uh, can you tell There's them? many, many ways you can give back to your body. And um, I, too many people, you know, we, we do, 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 do. We're like robots. All we do is we go to work, we get up, we, you know, you do the laundry, you go to the store, you do all these things and you never, ever give back to your body. Your body needs to be given back to in many ways. 
and I, I love baths. Baths are amazing. If you can give yourself a bath three times a week for a half an hour with some sort of candles and aromatherapy or music and or music, all of them, it gets you out of self and your body, you're giving back to your body. I personally, I go to get a massage every other week. They're so inexpensive these days, $25 for an hour. That's my way of giving back to my body. It makes it all worth it. Yeah. You see, when you're always on the go and you, one day you wake up and go, God, what am I doing all this for? Well, if you give back to yourself every week, it makes it worth it. That's pretty cool. Yeah, and ever since I've known her, she's got, again, and like, just like every other guest, you'll be able to see a picture of Michelle on the Facebook page. So um, she has awesome hair. She dresses really cool. And she's always got cool nails. So, uh, and if you come to Laguna, to Laguna Beach, just go by the Shaka Shack and visit her. In fact, why don't you give them the address uh, to the Shaka Shack? That would be 397 North Coast Highway, Laguna Beach, California, 92651. If you need directions um, other than that, you can call 949-715-6930. Okay, and then we're going to repeat the phone number one more time. That would be 949-715-6930. Cool, and I'm going to go ahead and put a, a link to the Shocker Shack on the Facebook page. Remember, you go to Facebook backslash, uh, put it together, all one word, and you'll find it. Um, we have about 10 minutes to go, and Michelle's going to sit next to me while I finish up with you guys. Um, so there you go. As you can see, um, part of the stuff that I was feeling earlier and part of the stuff that was going on with me is, is pretty regular with a lot of people in recovery. We There's, there's issues and there's steps to go through, and um, just because... I've been sober over four years. Doesn't mean that everything's far behind me. Things are going to catch up, and I have to learn to deal with them. But one of the cool things that I learned in rehab, because I went to a rehab very similar, where they never told me no, you can't do drugs anymore, you can't smoke anymore, you can't drink anymore. They just said we're going to show you a different way to do things. We're going to show you a different way to celebrate life and a different way to celebrate your sadness and a different way to deal with it. So I could have last week when they denied me that job and yeah there was a part of me that just just said fuck it you know this is what I got sober for fuck it I'm, I'm gonna go have a cocktail but no I learned how to deal with those issues and those bumps in the road in a better way in a healthier way and well I went and, and talked about it on morning tea in my videos and again morning tea you can catch those on Facebook also uh, Look for me at Little Mexican Productions, L-I-L-M-E-S-I-C-A-N Productions, and you'll find all of the uh, uh, morning tea videos. Also on YouTube, you can go on YouTube and check those out. It's uh, and just search for morning tea videos. Um, so there's different ways to deal with it, and eventually, and I'm pretty sure that people with longer sobriety, things still come up every once in a while, and and they just. You know, Michelle asked me today when I told her about what happened, what I'd learned from it. And, and, you know, and I learned that, you know, shit, it comes up. And I have to be humble. And it, it knocked me down. And I, I kept saying a couple of pegs. She corrected me. It was several pegs. And, yeah, I thought I was, like, flying high. And I was like, I'm over this. I'm so done. I've, I've moved on. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hit five. Yes. And then, boom, this came around. And, and it just... It bust. I told you. I told the guys on morning tea. It busted my ego. My ego was hurt, and I was sad. And then you add to that that I was taking the wrong pill. Oh my God! So I I felt like it, I felt depressed and and not suicidal, but I really felt like I don't want to leave my house anymore. Um. So it's gonna happen, guys. Recovery is a beautiful thing, but things are gonna come up, and that's the important thing, and that's why we encourage you. To, to find a group, to find people to talk to. If you're not comfortable going to a meeting, call somebody. Get in touch with me here at uh, Put It Together. And uh, you know we'll talk and we'll walk you through it until you're ready to go to a meeting and find other people. Finding the similarities with other people is what's gonna make you feel better. Yes, can you do it alone? Of course you can. You can do it alone. You can sit at home and just not go anywhere. But you're gonna be one of those dry, sober, uh, those dry sober people, dry drunks, there we go, I did, I did have the right word, and uh, you're going to be, I hate to say it, you're going to be miserable, because you, you're going to try and do this with, by yourself, and I, it's a big load to carry, 
I, I guarantee you it's a big load to carry by yourself and what better than to do it with uh, with somebody with a friend so make sure that um, you can also email me before I forget I want to thank um, Adam and Eve for uh, being one of our sponsors thank you Adam and Eve and remember I told you at the beginning of the show the products that I want so if you have time you have a spare there send it my way um, I want to thank my bosses, Cam and Kevin, for the opportunity to bring this next episode to you guys. I want to thank Michelle for being my guest. Thank you, Michelle, for being here. You are so welcome anytime. And um, I'm going to leave you guys... Oh, before I forget, yes, the, the email. Um, abnormalpit at hotmail.com. Again, that's abnormalpit, put it together, at hotmail.com. Make sure you send me all your emails. Or look for me on Facebook, become a friend, click the like, and uh, send me suggestions, messages comments again if it's your birthday give me a call and uh send me an email and uh, you get a free reading for your birthday and for now i'm going to leave you guys with the song the kenny chesney song let me make sure that i find it uh, i'm going to get that for you okay so i'm going to leave you with kenny chesney and the name of the song is that's why i'm here and it actually talks about a guy that goes to a meeting i heard this song Actually, I heard this song before I got sober. And uh, I didn't know really that at some point I would be in recovery and it would have a whole lot of meaning for me. So uh, again, thank you, Abnormal Entertainment, for the opportunity. Please go to the website, abnormalentertainment.com, and check out all the other podcasts on the shows. Check the shows out. I remember every Wednesday you can get a new Put It Together. And this is our story. This is how we put it together. Uh, take the information that you need and put it together for you. Remember to like, love, and respect yourself. And I'm going to say goodnight with uh, Kenny Chesney, and that's why I'm here. Well, I ain't had nothing to drink. I knew this probably what you think. If I drop by this time. Remember way back when Promised you I'd drop in At one of those meetings down the wild They started talking about steps you take Mistakes you make, the heart you break And the price you pay I almost walked away You could hear a pin drop when this old man Stood up and said, I'm gonna say it again like I do every week. For those who don't know me, it's the simple things in life, like the kids at home and a loving wife that you miss the most when you lose control. And everything you love starts to disappear. Devil takes your hand and says, no fear, have another shot, just one more beer, I've been there, that's why I'm here. So boy stood up in the aisle, said he'd been living life in denial. As he talked about wasting you I couldn't believe what I heard It was my life word for word And all of a sudden It was clear It's the simple things in life Like the kids at home And a loving wife That you miss the most And everything you love starts to disappear The devil takes your hand and says no fear Have another shot Just one more beer I've been there That's why I'm here
Head to abnormalentertainment.com for podcasts, blogs, and videos. New content goes up every single day at abnormalentertainment.com.